So this is just a tip that when you approach investors, come with the confidence. Um, understand that you're coming into a marriage and you're choosing the person as much as he's choosing you. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, Upwest, and Hippo Insurance. Welcome, everyone, to episode 147. We are very lucky to have Stav Erez with us today, a partner at Labzo2. Stav is a partner at Labzo2, a stage fund and incubator backed by the leading equity crowdfunding platform, R-Crowd, India's Reliance Industries, the Hebrew University, and the Israel Innovation Authority. Previously, she was an entrepreneur focused on building startup accelerators and co-founder of Siftech, the first entrepreneurship center and accelerator program in Greater Jerusalem. She also founded JNext, which aims to strengthen and empower the technological ecosystems in Jerusalem. Stav Erez, thank you for joining me on my show for the second time. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Okay, so, uh, you know, just today we have the huge fires all over uh, California, so I appreciate you being flexible. And uh, hopefully by the time that this airs, there will be no more fires. But, but in any case, thank you for joining me. With pleasure. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so uh, I have to start again from the fun fact because it, it, it's so much fun. And the first fun fact that, that you told me about is the fact that you're able to hold boiling pots without getting burned. How is that possible? Or with getting burned, but without feeling pain, actually, right? Yeah, I just don't feel it. Um, so basically, you can say I'm a hero and this is my superpower. Um, I just, I can hold it and don't feel anything. I will still burn, though. You will still burn. You actually showed me before that you had some burn marks. But, but, but I, have to, I have to understand, you're, literally, you can go and hold a boiling pot, but you're not going to feel the pain? That's that's just unbelievable. But that's that's just the first fun fact. The second one, which is which you have an, an interesting story back from the army, and you discover by chance that you're colorblind. Now I have to understand first of all how how is it possible that only only at the age of eighteen or nineteen you get to a point where you understand that you're colorblind? It must not be that severe, right? Um, so I don't know about severe, but I was always told that I have really bad taste in clothes. So, uh, um, but yeah, in the army, just like. I was in the intelligence force and everybody's writing something from the board. I'm like looking to the left, to my right. I really don't understand what's happening. Um, and then I just realized that I don't see anything because I'm colorblind, which is, makes sense. My father is colorblind. Um, but for female, it's pretty rare. You need both parents. Interesting. Okay. So you need both parents to be colorblind for females to be colorblind? You have the gene. So you have, yes. have that uh, recessive gene, I guess, right? Unbelievable. Okay, so so stop. You, you're you're an investor, an entrepreneur. Uh, you run an accelerator. You're you know you're very knowledgeable about about the the Israeli ecosystem, but specifically about the Jerusalem tech ecosystem, which I'm especially curious about. And today you're investing with with Labzo too. So I'd love to start off with your journey. You know, take me back to to the old days when when you're just starting out your your entrepreneurial experience in Jerusalem. How do you make your way? What are the biggest milestones towards you becoming an investor as a part of Labs? Walk me through those that journey. Sure. So basically, I consider myself to be um, a social entrepreneur. Um, back in 2012, uh, I co-founded Siftech and was the CEO. It was the first entrepreneurship center and first accelerator in Greater Jerusalem. Basically, our mission was um, to help young people like us stay in the city. 
um, and, and built companies and startups. And um, there were no startups in the city back then. So, uh, so you know, like, all... like any pitch, like what, why, what, is the, what is the pain point? Like why do you have to create different mechanisms to help to have people stay in Jerusalem? I love Jerusalem. Why would people leave it? So I think that the biggest problem for young people was basically employment. And um, so you can work for the government, but if you want to do anything else, and if you have an idea and you want to become an entrepreneur, an Israeli startup nation, right? Um, you basically would have packed your bags and moved to Tel Aviv because this was the only ecosystem in Israel. Um, and we wanted people to be able to stay in Jerusalem, although they want to become entrepreneurs. And we thought that this is a big, um, uh, maybe a major milestone to develop Jerusalem economy. Um, so we did that in 2012. Later on, we really uh, um, we were uh, um, a part of the group that founded a community uh, of, uh, of entrepreneurs in Jerusalem. Um, I think that the next milestone was JNAX. Uh, back then, it was the Prime Minister Office, the Jerusalem Development Authority, and the Jerusalem Municipality. So I founded um, the project to develop Jerusalem economy through high-tech and entrepreneurship. Um, my next stop was at our crowd um, okay. to build uh, basically the platform for a value creation to connect all the tens of thousands of accredited investors to uh, the portfolio companies for business development purposes, but not only for also for deal flow, due diligence and stuff like that. And then I gave birth the day after we launched. Uh, the day the after you launched. Wow. Yeah. During our crowd summit, it was on a, uh, Thursday, and I really remember John telling everybody I was the last speaker, and he was like, you just wait, maybe we're going to have like live birth on stage. Um, luckily, we didn't, only the day after. Wow. Unbelievable. And then during my maternity leave, um, I realized that basically my dream is to, uh, to do center creation, uh, to build companies based, uh, based on academic institutions, IP. And then we founded Labs02. So we're an early stage seed fund and incubator. Um, and we invest in early stage companies, but also we do venture creation. And we have a partnership uh, with the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. And we're working with uh, professors and doctors to really try to see how we can take their technology and turn it into a company. Fascinating. So I, so I am aware that you know, the, the default way of starting a company is, you know, you have a couple of people who are coming together, they agree on a, on a problem, they, then they think of a solution, and then they go and, and bring that and hopefully find a, a good go-to-market and a product market fit. But what you're saying here is that with a, with a venture creation, a lot of times you're going into these academic institutions and you're taking technology and solutions that don't necessarily even have a problem yet, and you're finding ways to adapt them. Is that the way that it works? Uh, basically, yeah, it's it's not only that, it's also like build a team. Uh, so it's everything. It's really understanding the technology, um, trying to think what you can do with it. And usually you have plenty of, of, uh, of ways, um, of, um, of solutions and problems that it can solve. Uh, do market research, uh, talk a lot with the industry and try to understand exactly which is the biggest problem that they're solving, the biggest need. And then bring in, um, along with the professor, um, the relevant team. Usually, by the way, the professor stays in the academy. It's not usually, it's always. He stays in the university. He becomes an advisor. She's scientist officer. Um, okay. 
And then, and then what, and so, so how is that life cycle different than, than, you know, the regular startup? So they start, you're helping them do the market research, form a team, uh, and then maybe down the line invest, I guess, because you're not, you mean, it sounds like in the beginning is more of a, you know, of a mentorship type of, type of engagement. And then it, be, and then it becomes sort of a pre-stage, a pre-seed and a seed stage investment. Yes, yeah, so we're really working with them uh, for a period of time. This, this take time. Uh, usually when a company comes and they pitch, though it will take a couple of weeks, a couple of months, like tops, uh, to, to decide to invest. Here we're talking about a process that can take up to a year. Um, wow. But when we're happy with the results, we're putting in the money and we can move forward. So then how do you, how do you divide your time? Because it sounds like, you know, you have, if you have a few of those ventures that are, that are like, you know, almost a year long process and there's only a finite amount of time and resources that Labzo2 can provide, how do you, how do you, you know, divide that up? So uh, we invest in around six companies per year. We won't do more than two venture creations uh, per year. Okay. So, so you're focusing, so you, so you're, you're, the venture creation is even more exclusive than the, it's even more selective than yeah. the investments. For sure. It takes time. We can't really do six like this. I wish I could, but I really can't. Right. A hundred percent. So, so one of the things that we, that we talked about before, which was uh, really interesting to me is this sort of the do's and don'ts of an early entrepreneur going to their, going to the first investors. And, and I'd love to get your take on your impression, having met uh, so many entrepreneurs and so many companies, what are some of sort of the pitfalls that you notice that young entrepreneurs make uh, as they start their journey and approach their first uh, uh, institutional funding? So I actually have a full lecture about it, but I'll maybe pick like the, the best ones. So I love I think, it. think um, that the first one is really that it's all about the personal connection. So a lot of the times um, entrepreneurs come, they sit down, they connect the computer and they start to talk. So the problem we're solving and the solution and guys, wait for a second. Let's talk. It's like a relationship. Um, it's not an interview, right? You need to form a connection with the person because if you're, if, if I'm going to invest, I'm going to work very closely with you. I want to make sure not only, um, that you're, um, uh, that you know what you're talking about, that you're tackling uh, a relevant problem, that your solution is good. I want to find out, first of all, who are you and right. are you the kind of person that I want to work with? So just start by getting to know the person. Um, and maybe it can lead me to how to really connect and how to approach. So a warm introduction, I think, is always the best way to go. Um, but I think it's really important to say that even if you don't, you, you can't find a warm introduction, a cold email is okay. Just do your research. So go and see my interview, for example, uh, for 20 minutes and um, talk and just write something about something specifically I said that, I don't know, clicked. Um, go to, try and find out if someone, if, he, if the investor wrote anything, he did a tech talk. Um, go into his portfolio companies and see which kind of company he invests in. So when you're writing an email, a cold email, just make sure, that's, by the way, that's fine, but just make sure it's not um, the same email you're sending everyone. Right. Um, because if an investor gets an email that he sees that everyone got the same email and it's a cold email, he's probably going to pass um, right. from scratch. So this is like a small something that you, you can do pretty much right away. Um, 
I think that another thing is that um, you you must be proficient in what you do. So um, I know that a lot of people are starting with like a, um, a story about themselves and how they encountered the problem, but I really don't think that that's enough just to that you encountered a problem. It, it really needs to be something that you dealt with, you worked with, um, not just something that occurred one day, but right. uh, something that time you you thought a lot about it you're again you're proficient uh in the field that you're talking about i think that this is super important um i think that even for pre-seed and seed investors it's very important to um do as much as you can by yourself so um by the way it's fine to come to an investor with a presentation only but also just with a presentation just show that you gave it some thought, um, that you did your research, your as much research as possible. If I know more about the subject than you do, that's not a good thing. Right. Um, so really do as much as possible. And I, I understand that not anyone, not everyone can really like put everything on hold and now focus solely on their uh, company and build it from scratch. And that's okay. You don't have to get to paying customers. But as much as you can try to do um, on your own. No, but, the, but there um, is something uh, that, that speaks to this idea of, you know, being scrappy and bootstrapping and being able to leverage whatever minimal resources you have starting out uh, and coming with and coming with some good foundation uh, not necessarily, you know, with paying customers, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, investors don't even expect to see that up until the seed or the don't. series A, yeah. but, but at least coming with a, with proof that you as a team can leverage whatever small resources a pre-seed investor can provide you because those few hundred thousand dollars or those few million dollars, they're not going to be the deciding factor of whether you're, you're able to execute well. They might help you get there, but at the end, the team, it's, it's how you leverage those minimal resources, right? Exactly. And we're taking a risk, right? You're sitting in front of us and you're selling us a dream. By the way, I love the job as being an investor, specifically in like the pre-seed seed. I don't need to start like, I, I'm not going to the Excel, like, okay, yeah. the revenues, I see the hockey stick. Like, I get to see the people's dreams. So like, that's yeah. the best job ever, right? <laughs> but I'm, I'm still taking a risk. And I do want to say that you took some risk yeah. as well. So just try to do as much as possible. Um, and I want to say something else, uh, just uh, uh, food for thought. So I see the relationship, like like I, I mentioned earlier, I see it as a two-way street. So it's not only that you're coming in and you need to impress me and, and sell. Um, I really do think that um, what you can do for me, if you're asking an investor what he can do for you, is super valid question. And I want to see more entrepreneurs actually ask this. Um, I want I want them to to understand that they not they don't only need money they need value yeah. and to choose investors based on the value. So I will say I had quite a lot of companies that I I said no to not because they weren't good, not because I didn't have the personal connection, just because I thought that I wasn't the right investor. I didn't think that I can bring um, additional um, extra added value. Yeah. Um, and it's important. So this is just a tip that when you approach investors, come with the confidence. Um, understand that you're coming into a marriage and you're choosing the person as much as he's choosing you. Right. So what is your number one turnoff uh, that when, when somebody approaches you, you see, you see a lot of companies, what is like one thing that really makes you tick and not perhaps just you, but, but you know, the, the, the average investor? Maybe arrogance. and. Um, 
probably um, the biggest problem, I think, uh, is um, lack of diversity. So I think that a lot of the time you can see when it's a, a group of men only yeah. just because they still haven't like, recruited the relevant uh, people and but this is like a part of their culture or just because they're men, like men and, <laughs> and that's it. Um, I think that this is, by the way, I think this is a big problem for industry. Um, the lack of diversity yeah. is, for me, the big problem. No, no, definitely. And this is something that, that comes up often in, in the series with and a, a lot of others that, that I've spoken with. We spoke extensively about, about the role of, you know, uh, the responsibility of, of having diversity uh, from both the investor side, but also the founder side. And uh, and on, on the opposite side of this question of what makes you take out, what, what really makes you excited? So what quality or what happens uh, that makes you really excited when you meet a new entrepreneur and you're like, wow, like this is somebody that I might really want to work with? So when they're super, super excited about what they're doing and when I, I really, I really love um, crazy ideas, basically. So the crazier, the, crazier, the better for my, from my perspective. Uh, but really, when you see like this, I don't know, this professor from the university and he's coming and he's talking to you about like quantum physics and he's super excited and he's sure that this is the most exciting topic in the world. Um, I'm excited as well. Like, uh, I love it. I love it. No, I, I remember I, I had a I had a great conversation with Joe Berman from Innovation Endeavors a, a while back, and one of the and you know the whole thesis their whole thesis is moonshot ideas, and I was just so inspired by this notion of investing based on the idea that you're only going to go for the companies that have a shot at changing the world. Uh, in a in a really substantial way, so, so I love this idea of the crazier the better. But stop, yeah, you know, you gave a tip that for anybody who wants to to approach Labzo too, uh, should should get to know you better. So I'd love to get to know you better myself. Uh, hopefully one day I'll also come and pitch a company to you. Uh, but uh, talk to me a little bit about what you're passionate about. So you know, you see all these different companies, all the different industries. What well, what really makes you excited about the entrepreneurship world, and what types of projects do you do you really get excited about? So I, I have to say that we're pretty generalists. So we're excited about a lot of things, uh, but we are looking to solve like big problems. You, you call it uh, shooting to the moon, and, and I actually I love it. Um, so it's really hard for me to pick a specific sector, um, but um, I think what gets me excited if it's like big ideas that are going to change the world. Um, I love the fact that in each one of my portfolio companies, I can really see the impact. We're not impact investors. This is not what we base our decision upon. Uh, but still, like if you go through my portfolio company, you can actually see like the how they're going to affect and change something in the world, each and every one of them. So um, this, in the, on my personal level, this gets me excited. So take me back to the portfolio companies. You're agnostic. You're generalists. This time I'm going to hear you. Okay. So uh, we're pretty generalists. We're looking for people that are solving big, big, big problems, sorry, futuristic um, with like deep technology. Uh, but on a personal note, I really like companies that has an impact. We're not an impact fund, but I love the fact that if you look at our portfolio companies, you'll see that each one of them really is making an impact. Um, 
And a sector, I would say that uh, my new passion is maybe neurotech. So I love okay. that. What, what do you love about that? Why, why specifically that? I think basically uh, we're going to see, I think that this is a field that's it's only, it's, it's only in the beginning. Um, and I think that we're going to see much more. There's pretty much, we're, we know very little about our brain. Uh, so we have a lot uh, more to explore. And um, I love the fact that until today, I think that most of the company that we saw was very, um, you had to put something on your head, not to say in your head. Yeah. And we're now going to a phase where it's going to be uh, non-invasive completely. So you, you're going to be able to, I don't know, like um, just make your brain work better with, without really hurting him. So that's, that's interesting. I love it. Okay, so along the same lines of getting to know you, I have to ask the most important question, which is three words that you would use to describe yourself and, and why, why those three specific words? Okay. Um, so I would say I'm an entrepreneur. I really like to build things. I have to say that I don't really like to measure them afterwards, but I like to build things. But that is why um, being an investor is really, really suits me. Right. Um, maybe the second word would be smile. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very happy person and I smile a lot. And um, this is the way I want to live my life. So when I was really young, my mother told me that if I'm not happy about something, just walk away. Just um, you don't have to stay in a place where you're not happy. Uh, and I did that. Uh, so um, I smile most of the time, I think. And um, the last thing that described me, talk. So basically, it's really hard for me to shut up. <laughs> I love it. Expl explain a little bit more. So um, I think that I know a lot about a lot of topics. So I can talk to you about like all these kind of different things. Um, if you try to, to go like in, de in depth to some of them, maybe it won't work as well. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love it. So we can like jump from one topic to another and I can really um, hold a conversation for a couple of hours. I love it. Stav, uh, thank you very much for your time and generosity. Thank you for, for staying with all the mishaps with the fires and the internet. But, 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 we, but we managed to get this and this was just wonderful and very insightful. And, uh, and stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you very much. You too. Wonderful. Bye. 